Take a look at the, the picture on your worship aid, if you would. I don't know about you, but I've, I've never seen this one before. Clearly on the left-hand side of the picture in the white robes is supposed to be Christ. They're in the temple. Surely you see the, the rich putting in their great sums into the treasury. And then in the foreground, the widow. It's a beautiful image, but struck me in a particular way because I've never pondered this. As much as I've spent time praying with this passage, as well as I've known it and studied it, I've never imagined the widow with a babe in arms. It's so fitting, though, to think of it, the gospel passage, with its connection to our first reading with Elijah being sent by the Lord to Zarephath, to a widow with a son. Both widows in our scriptures today show great generosity, despite the fact that in biblical times they were on the very bottom rung of society. But look at First Kings, the time of drought. Elijah, in the preceding passage to our first reading, is told by God to go to this foreign land, to Zarephath. It doesn't just have a funny name, it is a foreign land. Remember when we could travel to foreign lands, what that was like? Maybe you've done so. Even if not, you can imagine it. How strange to be in a land with a foreign tongue, with foreign, foreign habits and customs. How challenging, how, how exactly like leaving your comfort zone is it? But that is where Elijah is sent in this time of drought and famine to do what? To go to a widow and her son and to ask for a morsel of bread and a sip of water. How desperate he must have sounded. How trusting he must have been. And she says she has none to give. And then he makes that audacious request. And she says, all I have is a handful of flour and a little bit of oil. Well then, in that case, bake me a cake. And bring it to me. And then the most audacious part is that she does it. Why? How? We can't be sure. Perhaps there was just something about this holy man, this prophet, but she does it. She bakes him a cake, and then she is richly rewarded. We call it the law of the gift. To the degree that we give ourselves away, we receive. The more we give, the more we receive. It applies across the board, and it's so clearly seen in the gospel, perhaps there more than anywhere else. As we imagine it, with this image today as a, perhaps a focal point, not just a widow on her, on her last leg, as how I've honestly always pictured it, just a woman right on the, on the cusp of the grave, why not throw in all I have? No, but someone with their own her own hopes and her own dreams, perhaps even her own child in arms. Maybe it's artistic license, but it's worth pondering. For if she was a young mother, she would have had every excuse imaginable not to give. 
but she doesn't. She doesn't take those excuses. She knows what we have spoken of here now for some weeks, that generosity is essential to the Christian life. It is not an option just for times that are good. And the Lord points it out so clearly that she gives more than all the rest because they are giving of their surplus, of their ease. And she is giving of her very want. We give, for it is essential, even when it isn't ideal. You probably noticed the the, uh, giving tree. I got a little overzealous this year. It's at least 10 feet larger than normal. Um, I saw it lying on the ground. I said, yeah, that looks about right. Um, Anyways, it's a sign of our great generosity here at St. Mary's. It's not ideal, though, in part because of the timing. I I don't want to think about Christmas gifts for at least another month, but that's just the way I am. Here we have to do so early this year because of the COVID era, and on top of that, we're not buying gifts and toys and clothing that we could imagine someone receiving, but we've been asked to give simply cash, which honestly, when I first heard, I said, "I I don't like that. That's not ideal. That's not getting me into the Christmas spirit. And then I remember, oh, wait, maybe, maybe it's not just about me. It's not ideal, but it is essential. Our opportunity is to be generous, to help you understand, because gathering the people together to have a toy giveaway and a clothing giveaway would just not be possible. We've, uh, the church and community program has asked for our gifts to be in cash again this year. The other thing that this week is marked by is what we call National Vocation Awareness Week. So important to our church and our world that each of us that are called to be saints, in other words, each and every one, live with a generous heart. Whether it's to be a single person, a faithful married person, a consecrated religious or an ordained priest or deacon, the only way it's lived out well is when it's lived out fully and generously. We pray for all vocations, but in a special way today, you found inside your bulletin a beautiful holy card with a prayer for vocations on the back and the the faces of our nine seminarians from across the diocese and beyond. This is the holy card that I have before me every day when I say Mass. It's normally on the the book stand by my chair. I'd invite you to take it home and to pray for these guys and for all of our vocations, for all of our families. The prayer is a beautiful one written by our bishop, that each of us may live a, a generous life. It's interesting where we started with Elijah. He's asking for two things, a few drops of water, and a morsel of bread. In the eyes of the world, that's no request at all. That's next to nothing. And also in the eyes of the world, it's exactly what you get when you come to church. It's exactly what these guys, pray God, will have a chance to work with. A little bit of water when you come in the door and a little scrap of bread from this table. But when blessed with the essential generosity of our God, 
it is everything. It is the widow's might. Those waters remind us of the life given to us by Christ at our baptism. And that bread is the bread of angels poured out for us, his very body and blood. May we take our widow's might. May we use it as God is calling us, as we live out our vocations, to love one another.